0: Right to the point. I already changed what I was going to say. I had. I know. I need to go out and escort people to their seat. Is that what I need to do? Yeah. It's amazing i I know I've told you this before, but I really appreciate that you folks get along with each other so well. I really prefer that over the uh the opposite <laughs> blessings i I had something prepared, and guess what uh i no, I have, I'm going to go out of order. I just feel like I need to do something else. I, ha, I had ready, but I'm, I didn't think I would get to it today. So I'm going to... It doesn't matter. Just hang in there. We'll make this quick. <laughs> Shout to the Lord, all the earth. Let us sing power and majesty. Praise to the king. Mountains bow down. And the seas will roar at the sound of your name. I sing for joy at the work of your hands. Forever i love you, forever I'll stand. Nothing compares to the promise. Amen. Haven't you? We've been talking about promises, the promises of God for us. We've been talking about entering into the promises. We're studying in the book of Joshua. And there may have been a prophetic word that you, you've received over the years. There may have been something, there may be something in your life that you're praying for and you want to see accomplished. You've been pressing into God, you've been crying out to him, you've been calling to him, you've had this hope, this dream, this expectation of something that you wanted him to do for you and you're just, you're, you're so wanting it and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and it just seems to delay and doesn't come and, uh... but he is our promise, he is our promise and he is the yes and amen God, he's the one who will bring it to pass. He will lead us to where we need to go. And so, we, when you think about the Israelites coming out of bondage, slavery in Egypt, then spending 40 years in the wilderness, and finally coming to the point where it's time to move into the promised land. I'm not going to be in order, so to find the verses that I'm going to, you're going to have to jump around, but this is um, Joshua chapter 3, verse 5. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. There are times when God gets ready to do a miraculous thing. He actually likes doing the miraculous things. We like when he does miraculous things. (laughs) I heard it described this way. God doesn't do the miraculous all the time. We would love to have miraculous. And there's some people that like to chase miracles. They like to go to meetings and get all, you know, wound up in things, you know, get this emotionalism and, and and then go home and they're never changed. They're never different. It's just they're after the pizzazz. I've seen people like that from time to time, and that's that's just the way some people are. I love, in the body of Christ, there's some people that way, they just want the the thrill, they want the chill, I, I like that, but I'm much more practical, I want to see God do something because he's on the move, and I'm walking with him, partnering with him to move into some new territory. God is a territorial spirit, Graham Cook says, he's the biggest territorial spirit known to man he wants us to take territory we have to be advancing you know when he put adam and eve in the garden he said be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and we know what happened after that and so god brings the people of israel he starts with abraham and abraham's family grows to about 70 72 people then they become slaves in egypt and when they come out of egypt 400 some years later there's several million anywhere from two to five million that Go into the desert. God sustains them in the desert for forty years, and they came to the point where they come to the the Jordan River, ready to enter into the Promised Land, and they need a miracle. The crazy thing about the miracle that they needed was that they were going to cross the Jordan River, which was at flood stage. It was result of the harvest of the latter rains that come. And the Jordan was at flood stage, and God says, now's the time we're going to go. Has God ever brought you to a place where you said, okay, here's what I want you to do, and you're thinking, God, this is the worst time for you to come to me and say, please do, do this for me. Have you ever thought that? Like, they could have waited two months. Do you understand? The Israelites could have waited two months, eight weeks. It would have been a little crick. Everybody could have walked off across it. You don't need a miracle, right? You don't need it then. Well. But there was a reason that God God was about to do something, and he said, I'm going to demonstrate who I am tomorrow, or in three days. I'm going to show you who I am. And I'm going to show you that I'm with you. And every once in a while, God gives a miracle. So here's, here's how sometimes God does it. Let's just imagine that you're sitting at a fireplace, sipping some coffee or some apple cider, whatever you like to drink, and God's sitting next to you. And you just have conversation, you have relationship, you have fellowship with him. Every once in a while, he likes to stand up and stretch. And every time he stretches, you get a miracle. It's that he does it all the time, but he does it from time to time. Now, sometimes we like the pizzazz. We like the pizzazz of the miracle, but sometimes he does things in a way that's kind of almost natural. The Jordan stopped flowing. We'll get to this later. I, I don't have. I, <laughs> you people got carried away in worship and you messed up my mess. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll take that any day. Any day. I really will. Um, the Jordan was at flood stage, so God was going to do a miracle and stop it. They were going to cross through that, kind of in a way like they did the Red Sea. Okay? Kind of the way they did the Red Sea. But. Uh, but not quite like the Red Sea. So some people have suggested the priest carried the ark, they had the ark on the shoulder, the priest went first, and they stepped into the river. As soon as they got into the water, the water stopped flowing. And then all the people crossed. As soon as they stepped in the water. Now some people have suggested that what happened at that moment, there was a mudslide or there was some kind of a avalanche or something upstream near the city called Adam and stopped the water. Stop the water, and then they were able to go cross. You know what? That's a really good possibility. And I'm okay if that's what happened. I really am. Do you know why? Because God said, in three days, you're going to cross. And so if he uses a mudslide or an avalanche, that's okay with me. It's the timing thing. You don't understand. They could have they waited. could The priest could have stepped in the water and they could have waited two months, eight weeks for the water to subside and go across. But he didn't. He did miracle. He stopped it. Now, see, that's the same thing. Sometimes we're waiting for, sometimes we miss God's miracle because the timing, is, it all lines up and it comes right when we need it. And we miss the hand of God working in our lives because we think, well, that's not quite the way it's supposed to happen in my thinking. And so we need to be aware of how God does things. Sometimes, See, it even goes this far. I need to get to my point. Okay, I, there's a place I want to get to. Sometimes we're praying for healing for somebody, and there's medical intervention that comes, and they get better. And we say, oh, well, the doctors did that. But who gave the doctors their skill? Who gave them that? The, see, God god can do things however he wants to do it how many of you understand sometimes you can have medical intervention and it works works badly it doesn't turn out the way you wanted and that's no indictment of doctors um, or the medical profession or anything like that but it can be in any any area or any situation but there are times when, when God wants to bring us into our promise. He wants to bring us into his fullness. He wants us to come into this land and to begin to expand and take territory. And he does it with a miracle so that we understand that he's with us. Now, how many of you know God's with us anyway? Whether he demonstrates himself or not. He's always with us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. So he's always with us. So we don't, we don't need that demonstration. But you know what? From time to time, he likes to demonstrate that he's with us. And sometimes it's pretty extreme, extravagant, and sometimes it's little. In this case, these people had been through 40 years of Moses leading them with manna, with water from the rock, with provision of quail, all the meat that came the one time, and just the, the, the pillar of fire and the pillar of cloud that was over the, the mercy seat, the Ark of the Covenant, and they had been led by Moses, and Moses was dead, and here's Joshua. And it's time to enter in, and I wonder if the people were thinking, what kind of program are we going to have now? This new guy, I wonder if this new guy knows what he's doing. And God said to Joshua, I'm going to exalt you in, the front, of, in front of the people today. I'm going, to, I'm going to raise you up. And how many of you know... <laughs> Oh, I have too many points, and I'm not getting to the one I want. Okay. How many of you know that a lot of people like to raise themselves up to promote themselves to demonstrate that God's with them? And usually when they do that, everybody knows, guess what? They're promoting themselves. But when God promotes you, guess what? Wow. Look what God's doing. Look what God's doing. So if if you're... If you're anxious, or not anxious, but if you're anticipating moving into territory to new things, to see the promises of God come true in your life, expect him to do things, expect him to do things, but let him do it. And when he says move, then move with him. Now there's comparison that I want to make. When the people came out of Egypt and they came to the Red Sea, we have two things that are similar. They're crossing a body of water. In one case, it's a sea. In the other case, it's a a river at flood stage. But how many of you know there's a difference between coming out and going in? There's a difference between being set free from bondage and slavery, and it's another thing to enter into promises and possession and conquest. Well, let me say it this way. There's a difference between coming to faith in Jesus and becoming saved, entering into salvation, having your sins forgiven, and being delivered from the bondages of sin and darkness, which is a wonderful thing. It's another thing to walk by faith with God, to enter into a much larger territory, the fullness of life that God wants for you to have. Do you know how many Christians get saved and never move any further than that? I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. Praise the Lord. I'm going to do what I want and live the way I want well, I'll try to clean some things up a little bit, but I'm not really going to engage God all that much. I'm not really going to develop my relationship with Him. I'm not even really concerned about all that He may want to do with my life. I'm just pretty content the way I am, so I'm saved. I'm going to heaven, so how much better can it get? But, but God has so much more for us. He wants us not only to come to the place where we trust Jesus as our Savior and we come into relationship with the Father. He says, now that you are here in the family, look what I have for you. Please let me open your eyes. Let me show you all the things that that I want to do with you. Look at the territory that we can take together. The worst thing that we can ever do is just sit on our laurels and not go anywhere, but understand that God wants us to take territory. That's why we do this bodybuilding. That's why we're learning to to hear the lord and prophetic that's why we're pressing in for healing and miracles we're wanting we want the fullness of everything that god has for us and we don't want any opposition to get in the way try to stop us we're going to keep pressing that's why we prayed on wednesday night for karen and the lord opened the door for her and so we're praying okay god uh you know this is what we're praying for he says okay And that's what we want for everybody. What is the territory? Now, I'm not saying that it has to be, you know. I know some of you are praying that your family gets saved. That's the area that you want to see God help you move into, that territory. Relationships, things at work. But it's the same deal because God's put something in your heart. He's put, he's put a hope, a promise in your heart that you want to see fulfilled. And he wants to bring it to pass. He wants to partner with you in in seeing that happen. The question is, are we going to walk with him? Are we going to pursue that? Artie and I started uh, just recently (laughs) pulling out all... It's just amazing. Oh my gosh. It's just pulling out old prophetic words that we got 10 years ago. And if you... If you've ever gotten prophetic words, some of them we wrote down, some we recorded. I'm trying to pull them out from wherever they are. We had different people come to the church that gave prophetic words, and we listen to them again. And the perspective of 10 years, of 9 years, of 8 years ago, things have changed so much And we go, oh, now I know what that means. <laughs> now I know what that means. You know that Artie got a prophetic word that God was going to heal her limbs, and her limbs weren't even injured yet. so that when she goes through all this she already has the word from the lord that he's going to heal her before it happened but she didn't know back then is that strange or what it's god it's god he goes before he goes behind he's all around us but he wants us to partner with him in moving forward so what are the promises that you're wanting him to to bring bring about in your life the Israelites were slaves when they came out and they were an army going in to conquer the difference isn't there so in between, somewhere in between when we come to Christ, we come to faith in Jesus we were slaves to sin so he sets us free, he brings deliverance in our lives so that he can then begin to train us to be warriors, to be an army to fight, to take territory and I don't know what, what, what area of influence you have in your life. I don't know what, you know, all of you, what your jobs are, what your vocations are. But wherever you are, God has called you to pastor the people that you touch, to shepherd them, to be an influence, to encourage and bless them, to see them come to salvation. And so that's why this past Wednesday night we prayed. and and I want to do it more. We actually, Gail reminded us that in Harvest Evangelism, what Ed Silvoso has found is that when, when the pulpit minister prays for people in the marketplace and releases them to minister where they go, there's a greater impartation of anointing to actually do that. It's like, it's like somehow in the, in the spirit realm, that that permission—not that I have to give permission for you—but there's a recognition that that when it comes from spiritual leadership to release you to do that, it's there's there's more of an impact. I don't know why. Just there just is. And so, and the, the Israelites when they when they went to Mount Sinai and, and God gave the law and He gave the tabernacle the whole thing of worship the whole system of worship that they were involved in that was after they came out they began to walk in in relationship with God now they're an army they're going into conquer they're going into conquest so you understand that God wants us to grow up <laughs> he wants us to grow up judges chapter 3 i don't have this verse in there but we know that after the Israelites conquered the land and they've been living there for a while and everybody who was of age to be in the army when they took the land. Eventually they died, and there was a whole new generation. But Judges chapter 3 says that God left enemies in the land. There were still enemies in the land. Why did he leave enemies in the land? To teach the generation that hadn't known the wars of Canaan to learn warfare. It is important for us to learn warfare. Conquest, spiritual spiritual warfare, conquest. Love. Love. These were actual battles that they fought. To love. And so here's what God wants to do and I'm going to stop because we're going to do communion and we still have worship to do. Um, You know what God wants to do with you? He wants to push you past the proceeding and move you into new things. It's not that God is unconcerned with the past because he, he gave us his word and there's so much history of what's going on before. But he's always forward-looking for us and he wants us to be forward-looking. And he wants us to... Remember when, when, when God came to Joshua and said, Moses, my servant, is dead. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So let's go conquer the land. How, can we, how, how could Joshua be so confident? That, that because it wasn't Moses who led the people. It was God who led the people. Moses was just the guy with the physical legs that walked before them and showed them the way to go. And so whatever God wants us to be involved in, he will go with us, and he's the one that leads the way. But he needs a human body here on earth to partner with. He needs you. And he wants to push you past what's going on, push you past the preceding. All the things that have gone in your life, all those things that have a tendency to hold you back or to, 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 in your mind, disqualify you, he wants to get you past that. And go on to conquest. can't enter into promises. You can't enter into the things that he has. You can't get into possessing the things that he has for you to possess individually and us as a a congregation, as a fellowship. If we keep thinking about the past. Keep thinking about the past. And so he wants to push you. Push you. God wants to push you. I'm not going to push you. God wants to push you. Push him back, push him. come on, come on. Well, maybe he has to get us up out of our seat first. Here, s- stand up, then I can push you. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much that he wants to do. There's so much that he wants us to walk in. There's so much that he has for us. And, and you know that territory, they, they were, they, the, it was wide open for them and God's like, go, just go, just go, just go, just go so when you get up in the morning, I often ask you that, when you get up in the morning do you think about all the possibilities of what could happen, what God could do for you that day do you look forward to the day and think, God's trying to push me past what's going on in my history and he has new things for me. He has new territory for me to take. He has new, new things that he wants to bring into my life. Things that he wants me to possess. And you know, it's, it's the, the reason that God does, has that mindset is not so that we all have our wonderful little kingdoms full of all kinds of riches and wealth and stuff. But he wants us to go to possess our tomorrow so we can share it with others so we can show other people how to move into their possessions and help others get into what God has for them. It's possible, maybe, maybe it scares some of you, it shouldn't. No fear, no fear, no fear, faith. It's possible that God's called you to be a trailblazer in whatever area realm you're in. He's called you to be a pioneer. To do things that nobody else has ever done before. Do you ever think about that? I'm already talking too long, but I just—it's just—you got me wound up. I can't help it. You did it in worship. You just like stimulated something. Um, there. God is so creative. He is so incredibly creative. If you think that there are no inventions left to be invented, forget it. There are there are more things that haven't been thought of or entered into yet than all the things that have been already. There are new ways of doing things that nobody has thought of yet or come up with yet. There are new ways of of in any I don't care what it is, whether it's food production, whether it's government, whether it's arts and in any any area of life that you want to think about, if you think that we've reached the, the limit, there's even Music that we haven't heard yet. Songs that haven't been written yet. There's poetry that hasn't been written yet. There's, there's so many things. God wants to release so much to us. And, and we worry about the little things so many times instead of allowing God to move us to where he wants us to go. Anyway, okay. I'm going to stop right there. Holy Spirit, would you, would you stir in us right now, in our hearts, in our spirits, help us to hear you with our spirits, to the things that are on your heart for every one of us, Where, wherever you want a, a, a truth or a promise or a word to land, let it land in each one of us right now. Whether you see the way through the wilderness or not doesn't matter. Matter of fact, it's best if you don't see. Because God takes you ways that don't make sense. And if you're trying to figure it out with your mind, that'll be more of a hindrance. But help us to see with eyes of faith the things that you want to do with every one of us. And understand that there's a potential that you've created, designed within every one of us, and there is something about the people that you've made that have been redeemed by faith in Jesus that there are no limits. There are no limits to what you want to do. No limits to what you can do. That we're only limited, we're only limited by our own ideas and thoughts that hold you back. We're just dropping on us, dropping on us, dropping on